I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can't face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts. Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7am. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, my darlings. It's me, Anna Man. What sorry. was that? What that was, was that? Was, I thought it was the door. I keep thinking the door's behind me, and I don't like having a door behind me. Do you know what I mean, Lucy? I do. I've yes. got Lucy Roslin with me, my dear friend, uh, and an actress, and yes. many other things. Painter? Yeah. There's a door behind me, and I'm not sure about that. I've got a, it's a little sliver of uh, da- glass as well. Oh, oh, fuck. So anyone could be looking. But then it's frosted glass. What's the point of that? I know. For whose benefit? Light. Okay. It fine. gives us light. It's horrible, isn't it, being in offices? Do you ever have to work in an office, Lucy? Uh, No, I've been quite lucky. Fuck, you've been very lucky then. I know. God, no, I won't work in an office. The only job I did before acting was for my first husband, Tony Sandwich. Do you know him? He had a sandwich shop down um, Ice and Cream in Nottingham. I mean, it was the 70s, you know, sandwiches were the new rock and roll. It felt so exotic to me back then. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I really felt we were in love. I really did. But I, I think looking okay. back, it was just all the free sandwiches. Oh, he did every no. every variety. Egg, all the varieties. <laughs> all the varieties. A lot of fun. Bless you, Tony Sandwich. Long gone. Long gone. He's still alive, but he's gone to me. He's a Midlander. Are you a Midlander, Lucy? I'm a West Midlander. A West Midlander? Wait, yeah, yeah. What's that then? Wolverhampton? Coventry. Coventry. It's all starting to fall into mm. place, isn't it? Anyway, darlings... <laughs> This show is me, Anna Mann, actress, singer, chair carrier. I once carried a chair up a hill for three hours for charity. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was actually a very short hill, so it only took me about ten minutes. So I had to just keep treading on the spot for two hours and (laughs) 49 minutes, shall we say. Basically, it was Sue Clinch. You know my best friend, Sue Clinch? Yes. She's not well. She just had her foot off, one of her feet. Oh. The other foot, basically. Yeah. Everything that could go wrong for Sue has gone wrong, except, of course, she hasn't died. Although, in a way, that might be a blessing. Was it that she'd had a foot off or she had a whole foot off, as in a foot in height? (gasps) She was getting really tall at one point, like freakishly tall. I don't know what it is. To be honest, probably nothing was wrong. She's a hypochondriac. She really is. But she's always going to be, Anna, I need you to help me out with this charity. Anna, come do this charity thing for me. And I'm like, fuck, Sue, what is it for? You know, once she got me to do it, and it turned out it was for the BMP or BP. And BP's not even a charity. It's a company. Yeah. If anything, we need a charity against them. Oh, Sue. What do I have to do, Sue? Well, it's easy. All we've got to do is carry a chair up a hill. 
Right, okay, well, I can do that. It's three hours. Right. I've already explained the story. Anyway, the point is I raised nothing. Was she in the chair? Yes, which made it very hard. But luckily, a very burly man was carrying the both of us. You'll see. So it was sort of like a Russian doll of people carrying chairs up hills. Yeah. You'll get three people each sit in a chair on top of each other and then someone's got to get you all the way up to the top, you know. But that chap, obviously, he didn't make it, bless him. Oh. And I never even knew his name. So in this show, we checked to actors, young and old, rich and poor and very rich. Oh. Where do you fall in that spectrum of young, old, rich, poor, oh, uh, tall, short? Tall. Well, okay. you are tall. You are tall. Okay, I'll stick with that. I wouldn't say I'm especially young. Oh, really? No. You, you, you do get older. I have gotten older. You've gotten older since I first met you. I am that older was, since then. I think it was that 10 years? Could be 10 years. Fuck. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. I think that's the worst sentence in the English language. The greatest sentence in the English language, apparently according to science, is a post by Margaret Cabin Smith. Yeah. But the worst sentence is, that was 10 years ago. That was Fuck. 10 years ago. And what some things were 20 years ago now, weren't they? Fuck, yeah. Some things were 40 years... No, some well, things were 40 years ago. Some things? Some things? Some things were How old are you, Not yet. Do we want to talk about... I wasn't 40 years ago yet. You weren't 40 yet. years ago. When were you? 30? I was 37. No, 30... I wasn't. Wait, wasn't Wait. I? 36 years ago. 36. This is a long way of asking how old you are, isn't, isn't it? it? 36. And what was the other thing? Rich. Are you rich? Not especially. Not especially, no. Not You're especially. From, not especially. You're from Coventry. Do they have a, an aristocracy in Coventry? Is it divided between the rich and the poor? <laughs> in Cov- I don't really know anything about know. Coventry, even though coming from the middle. I mean, it's the city of culture. It is, isn't it? It can be quite rough. Yes. We were born in Coventry. Yes. You grew up there. Yeah. When did you get out? Uh, when now. I came to study acting. Really? First things first, Margaret Cabin Smith, my co-host, yeah. she sent some questions, so let's hear... What's the closest? Oh, hang on. Start again, darling. Here we go. What's the closest you've been to death on stage? Oh, God. <gasps> That's a bit dark, Margaret. No, Margaret, shut up! Oh, God. Fuck. Anyway, what's the closest you've come to death on stage? Do you think she means... Whoa! Normally she'd be here to explain her waffle, you know, because she tends to just say things, often over the top of me, which is really frustrating, because I like to talk over the top of other people. She didn't get the memo, shall we say. Have you ever died on stage in a role? Have you had to pretend to die on stage? I feel like I have, Mm. but I can't remember. You want to go, "Eh," don't you? You do, have but I that's probably it? the worst thing you can do. I got in a lot of trouble recently, actually, because you know I like to do my hand gestures. I hate being on stage and other people talking. That's the one thing I can't abide when I'm in a play. So what I have to do is my hand gestures. You know I do cup of tea very well. You've seen me do a cup of tea. It's almost like a cup of tea's there. It's incredible. People come up to me afterwards and go, I love the bit where you're drinking the tea. And I go, darling, there was nothing there. It was mine. I did that the other day. got in a lot of trouble because it was in Hamlet. I was playing Gertrude. The director came up to me and said, darling, can you please stop pretending to drink a cup of tea at the back of the scene? I said, but darling, it's so boring when he's doing that long speech, you know. And he says, yes, but darling, you're doing it after you're supposed to have died. <laughs> anyway, um, so have you died on stage? You can't remember. I feel like I have, but someone told me just the other day they were in a theatre when somebody in the audience died. Oh, God, was it Chichester? Was it? Is that... Is apparently that Chichester is the place where people tend to die. In the crowd. But then apparently he was sick next to his wife 
And his wife said during maybe the interval, my husband's passed away, but we didn't want to raise a fuss. I've heard this story. Have you? Yes. There you go. Because um, someone told me at the Chichester Festival. Have you been to the Chichester Festival? No. No. I thought you'd be a regular there. You've got a sort of air of, no, you don't really do. You're air a bit more chich. alternative, a bit more off, off, off Chichester, should we say. <laughs> You're part of the off Chichester crowd. Yeah. But yes, apparently people die there regularly oh, during right. shows because the audience are all so old. I mean, what a way to go. Like most runs, someone will die during a show. That sounds untrue, doesn't that, it? That can't be right. That's, that can't be true because that's like a health hazard. Isn't it? But apparently someone said, yes, every year, at least one place, someone will have died during the play. It's sort of, to be honest, I think it's got to the point where if someone doesn't, you feel like the run hasn't gone that well. It knocks a star off, if you know what I mean. A little bit. So they got to the interval and then did she put her hand up? That is the version I heard is that yes. she said to the staff, yes. my husband has passed away, but we didn't want to cause a fuss. But I thought it was really sweet because she says we didn't want to. We, we didn't want to. We didn't want to cause a fuss. Do you think he was like going, eh, and then as he was going said, don't stop the play. I don't want to cause a fuss. I just It just sounded so sweet. It was like, oh, oh that's okay. God. Oh, wait. Also, like the scene's almost over. Do you think she enjoyed the rest of the scene? I don't know if you'd come back for the rest, would you? Maybe. It would feel cold. It's a very... It would feel a cold thing to do, to come back and go, well, I've paid my ticket. I sort of want to see the second half. But a very zen way of looking at life. Yes. No, very sweet. Very sweet. And they were probably very old. I bet they'd had a lovely life. Love mm. you. Bless you. If you're listening, they won't be around anymore. Right? Well, one of them definitely not. One of them isn't. But still, like, bless them. That's... Bless their souls. Do you yeah. believe in an afterlife? Hmm... Do you? I definitely think there's something. I definitely think, you know, John, my husband, John Smells, and his son, John Smells, Melzy Jr., who I married later on, obviously, are up there somewhere. I don't know where they are. I have a little room in my head that I go in and I chat to them, but I don't know if it's really them or if it's my imagination. I don't know. Oh, God. What do they say to you? Buck up your ideas, kid. Oh. You know, stuff like that. And in a nice way, okay. you know. Tough love. Tough love, but also they go, it's all right, Anna. They give me cuddles and stuff like that, and they give me cups, oh, of, cups of imaginary tea and all that, you know. And is that enough? Really? Exactly. You know, we mime drinking tea for a while, and then I go, all right, thanks, you've sorted me out. I get back on with it. You know? How lovely. Perfect. It is nice. So, Lucy, let's do the Lucy Roslin story. Talking to actors, trying to understand their process. We're talking to actors. Actors, yeah, they rule the world. So it begins in Coventry? Yeah. In a hospital or was it a home birth? <laughs> a hospital. Really? Yes, I imagine you'd be a home birth. What did mum and dad do? She was balancing a pumpkin on her head directly before I was born. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, I meant it as a job, but... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> she was balancing a pumpkin on her head. Apparently she was saying, like, look how pregnant I am. And I'm as big as hit, this pumpkin. Look, I'm as big as this pumpkin. I'll put it on my head. And then apparently that just was... Why did it go on her head? I don't know. There's a photograph of it. Oh, lovely. And then, seconds uh, before? Seconds before. Do you think the pumpkin was the thing that started her off? I mean, that's what I'm taking The from. contractions? That yes. extra weight? Just... Something in it. An old wives' tale. But, you know, if you're pregnant want to get them out, get a pumpkin on your head. See what happens. <laughs> it can't hurt. I mean, it could hurt if it's a very heavy pumpkin. So you were born, and were you immediately acting, or when did it start? When did um, immediately? Well, I know. Uh, what age did you start to think? Oh, mm. my sister remembers. She, my sister's old enough to remember me, and just after I was born, yes. she said I looked like a little yellow lizard. Yeah, you crawled out <laughs> onto a rock, <laughs> and then you ate a fly. She said it was grim. 
Ooh, so immediately, a little I yellow like, lizard. Wow. So you're already playing a role. Already. And you like to play animals and stuff, don't you? Do. Sort of physical things. So you're already being a lizard. Yes. And of course you played a chimp. Uh, yes, I did. You did. Which I very much Your did. own choice. Yes. Which is great. I was like, I've got to use the knees while I've got them. Yeah, yeah. Were you doing acting at school and stuff? No, I wasn't courageous enough. Oh, so I did set design. And I remember thinking like, I know, I knew what I really wanted to do, but I just didn't quite have the guts. Yes. I want to be in front of this, not painting it. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing around in I front of this thing. <laughs> And was anyone in your family in the business? No. No. What was your first thing? I joined a theatre in Coventry called The Criterion, and I take my hat off to them, I think. They mm. were incredibly kind, and they still are mm. to me and my work, because I take my work back there. And the first thing I did there was Dracula. Really? Was a vampire. Oh, you'd be good as a vampire. You'd be very good. There's a death thing going on here, isn't it? Oh, you yeah. You see, that's great, go. because that's like doing the dead person, but you're not really dead, but you can also do stuff. Mm. Have you ever done a zombie? No, not yet. Are there any other creatures? A mummy, a ghoul? A ghoul. A ghoul would be good. So you were one of the brides? Or were you, I was one were of you the Lucy? Oh, performing a role, but they were like, she looks like she's already. She's already. Passed on, you yes. know. Yes. <laughs> what a great corpse. And did you have. I look at her moving fake around. Fake fangs, or did you just. I did. You I did. still have them. Oh, wonderful. This was your first ever job. What a great, Ooh. fun job at the Criterion in Coventry. How did you get the role then? Did you see the audition in the paper? No, my mum got it for me. How old were you? Late teenager. Right. Maybe early 20s, maybe. Oh, wow. 20. Came to it late. That's all right. That's good. You've got a bit of life experience. No, wait, I stuff. take it back. I did do a role in school. I was a silent butler. There you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> a uh, silent butler, a corpse. Yeah. It's not great, is it? It's like they don't want you to speak. And then you choose to be a chimp. Although you did have lines, didn't you? Which I thought was very clever. We'll talk about that in a minute. Fine. But um, so you were in Dracula. That's a fun role. Very good. So then you went to drama school after that. You were bitten, shall we say. Yeah, and then I came to uh, drama school in London. Is that what it's called? Drama Studio. Oh, the Drama Studio of London. My friend came to see the the showcase at the very end. You and your graduate is like, hey, how many agents in the audience? Three. yeah. Yeah. And my friend came, so I said, why don't you come and watch it as a piece of, like, be interesting to see. And yeah. he looks like a classic, like, atypical producer right. kind of guy. And he said, uh, I asked him afterwards what it was like, and he said, that was an absolute meat market. <laughs> <laughs> as in you were just trawled out. Kind of, like, look at these oh. slabs oh. of this on show. It makes it feel very um, sordid, doesn't it? It kind it's of felt like way. that bit in Taken where the... People are up for auction. A little bit. Like, it's a bit like that, but the difference is they don't want to be. Whereas we're like, please buy please, me, please. Take a headshot. And did you get an agent off the back of that? No. God, fuck no. Of course I, not. One of the worst jobs I've ever done. Yeah. I was straight out of drum school is I auditioned. Mm. I cannot believe this. Mm. I auditioned to play a role in a short film. The short film role was a, a dead woman. Really? Never alive at all. Oh, God. I'd never even had a chance at life. Not even a, a moment character. of being alive on screen. Dead. Fuck. And I auditioned for that. How? What did you do in the audition? I can't remember. Just be dead? Yeah. That's incredible. What happened there? And the arrogance. I mean, short filmmakers are the most arrogant of people. You'll never work harder for an audition than you do for something where you're not getting paid. And did you get it? I got it. You did I, get the role. Do you know, I honestly, I can't remember how I ended up I doing it. I wonder how many people they saw. For that. And did it. they show your face much yeah, and stuff? Person. Yeah. Yeah. But so they wanted you to look right. What a flicker of life. Uh... <laughs> 
Did they just? I, I mean, auditioned. They I can't could have just it. said, "How long can you not breathe for?" Just like that. <laughs> say that over the phone, really. I look asleep, but. And I mean also. this in a nice way, and this sounds very weird, but I, I could see why they pick you because you, you know, you, you, you do, you've always got a slight Agatha Christie nineteen mm. twenties feel to you. Had, had she been murdered? Yes, I think so. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in the best possible way, you look like someone who might have been murdered in a, in yeah. a film. <laughs> got that look, you know. Which is great. It's great, and it's you know, it's a way into work. But you'd love to have just a couple of scenes where you're walking and talking as well. I yeah. Assume. You know. Like, the arrogance of that. I think of these stories when I feel like I'm getting too lofty. Yeah. With myself, and I think mm. about these and they ground me. And the other one is I did a, a short film. This is way back when I first graduated. And I mm. hadn't I just. I was pleased to be picked for anything. Yeah. And at the end of it, she gave me a packet of crisps in exchange for doing it. And I remember thinking, I'd have rather... <laughs> what was this? was a short film as well? Yeah. Was it like kettle chips or was it just it was walkers? Just, it was just walkers. Fuck. And I didn't get to choose the flavour. And I remember but thinking, I'd rather... Didn't have, get to choose the flavour? I'd rather just leave Wendy Hampton. Like, I'd rather nothing. And was she giving it as a sort of... I mean, I've got these. Yeah. Was, was it genuinely was a, thanks for doing it? What can I crisps? give you? Have a packet of crisps. Fuck. And you yeah. took them? I did take them, like an absolute hound. Did you have an agent at the time? No. Because you would have had to save a couple of those crisps. Yeah. <laughs> do you so ever get that thing where you do a job and they pay you in cash and then the agent knows and they take it off later? Have you had that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're right to. Of course, know, yeah. If they got you the job, but you're still like, oh, okay. come on, guys. <laughs> Give me a rest, yeah. <laughs> Give me a chance. I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the word <laughs> It's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not my... Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You'd make a lot of your own work. Yeah. What what is your theatre company? Boondog. Boondog, of course, yes. And when did you start doing that? I started writing my own work in 2012. Weren't you doing things before that? Oh, yeah. I was in other people's shows. Yes, no, I mean, but your own... What was the first one you did? Was that John Hayes? State versus John Hayes. That was your first thing? Yeah. Right. And can you tell me a bit about that? I did other people's shows. Mm. I didn't have a terrific amount of luck Mm. getting into the room, right? as it were. To casting room. Yeah, yeah. To casting room. To casting room. Excuse me, how do I get into a casting room? That's the worst thing. Never say that. Where door? If you come in and say, where to casting room? Then they go, no, we've got one of those, you know. (laughs) Um, uh, My sister was writing, she writes novels. 
Lovely. And she... What kind of novels? Fiction? Well, fiction. obviously, because they're novels. But, Come yeah. on, Anna. <laughs> Look, crime? No, she oh. wrote... She writes, uh, like, psychological thriller drama. Well, they're different. They've all been different. Oh. The first one she wrote was about Churchill's depression. Oh, wow, yes, the black dog. He, yeah. He, that's what he called it, wasn't it? Yes, yes and it was like yes. the dog. And she was writing her first one, and I was complaining to her about what the hell... Yeah. Like, what the F? And, Fuck. And she said, just write your own thing. She's like, it's what's the, the only way. It's the only way. She's like, what, what's the worst that could happen? You won't be the worst thing out there. Yeah. So start totally. with you. Well, that's true, isn't Standards it? Standards very low. Well, yes, but... Well, I mean, what if you are, though? You don't know, do you? Oh, well, I think... I mean, you're not. You? Definitely. Oh, my... <laughs> no, 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 you're definitely not. <laughs> but I mean, hypothetically, what? how do we... How would you know? How would, would someone? You know? Well, do you know people who would be honest enough with you? But also, you have to learn. You have to really fail. And this is incredibly arrogant, what I'm about to say. But you know what? I don't think I failed enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's very arrogant, and I realise that. But you really have to learn. And often I see these people who are, and I'm not saying you're one of these people by any means, but in comedy, for example, which I do a lot of now, and you'll see these people who start off and they're, they're not great, but they have determination. And they keep going and they get better and better and then they become superstars, you know. Right. Whereas I started off great and then just sort of (laughs) chipped away at myself (laughs) till I'm now just slowly plateauing. Oh. That's one way to look at it. Okay. You know, I've had a lot of meteorotic, meteoric? Meteoric? Metamozoic rises. But then they only rise so high. And the problem is with a meteor, of course... Oh. Famously, they come down, yeah, yeah. and then they cause a big problem. Take out some stuff with them. They can yeah. wipe out a whole race of animals. Oh my god! Dinosaurs. Did you see that coming? Did I see it coming? The dinosaur. The For death you, of the dinosaurs. Not that. <laughs> no, darling. <laughs> not that. Sidetrack. Did old. you? Yes, but you started writing your own work. Your sister said, "Fuck it, go for it, do it." Yeah, I've always enjoyed writing. I'd mm. never quite thought. Well, it's frustrating. Well, I suppose the thing is, if you write your own things, you can take more risks. Yes. The first thing I wrote was a one-person play because I thought, well, if this doesn't... I wrote it under a different name oh, for right. one thing. Wow. Because I thought if they don't like the writing or they don't like me, at least both of us won't take the hit. Yeah. But equally, I was like, if I'm the only person in it and it doesn't do well, well, that's fine because ship goes down and it's just me on it. Mm. And my second play, people said you should put your name to it. Like, you should be proud of the stuff that you do. Yeah, definitely. C- claim definitely. it, as it were. Yes, yes. Yes, but that first one, like, I was really proud of it. That went all right, did it? it? There Where was did the... you put it on? The first place to put it on was at the Hen and Chickens. I know it well, yes. The lovely Hen and Chickens. And what was that play, that first play? That was that was the State versus John Ayers. Oh, right. So you didn't have your name on that? No, I didn't. Did you ever put your name on it? Did yes, you? I did. Later and on, you said... So what pseudonym did you use? I used Hunt. 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 Just Lucy. Hunt. Just Hunt. <laughs> I used... It was Lucy Hunt. Right, Lucy Hunt. And, Lucy and then Hunt. you Lucy Hunt died. She's still around. She's still around. You sometimes bring her out if you're not sure. If I'm not sure. <laughs> if this is going to be, like, be any good. Hunt will take the... Yeah, Hunt will take, take the, the hit. Yeah, she'll take it. And then you've changed it to your own name. And that went really well, didn't it? Yeah. Were you always going to Edinburgh or did you just try it out and see what happens first? It, well, I tried it out at the Hen Chickens. That was like the secret little, like, let's give it a go and see what happens. Mm. And then it went very well. So we went to Edinburgh. But the first opening night of Edinburgh... And I think this is another one of those like grounding stories. If mm. things are going too well, like, remember this. The light came up and there were just two people in the crowd. And it was my friend Kiara and my friend Jill. And I started to do the play and I started to get choked up because I was like, oh, my God, I can foresee a month of yeah. nobody. Yeah. And I looked at my friend Jill and she just gave me a thumbs up. 
like a really forceful thumbs up. Keep going. Like, fucking just do it. Yeah, yeah. Do the show. Yeah. And at the end of that run, we were selling out. So like, just goes to Wow. Show. How wonderful. And you play John Haynes in it. Yeah. It's just that role. You don't play other roles. In that particular... It's a true, is it a true story? Or it's it? based on true stories. Right. It's a person on death row accused of two murders. Well, they've committed two murders, mm. but they claim that their alter ego did it. So in the story, you kind of, as an audience, it's up for grabs which one of her is real because she's... She either admits that it's an alter ego right? and she goes to the chair because she's not insane or she says, yes, this John Hayes did it, in which case she's insane and she goes to an asylum. Oh, wow. So it's like a kind of a lose-lose. That's lose. great. That was based on... It's so, based on a number of... Re- so all the stories in it... So John Hayes wasn't a real man. No. He was a, a fiction of her. But the, the acts, say, of doing the things that she does in the show are all based on real stuff. Right. That happened. What's the word? The psychology of a killer... And what made you do that? Like, was, did you read the story and, and I or just a think story? It's fascinating. I just thought, and also, I was like, it's the first show, so I just took a bunch of risks. I was like, fuck it, this yeah. is exactly the kind of thing I would like to see. And you, yeah, great. And did you do a lot of research and all that stuff? Did Loads. You, did you? Were you nervous about getting it wrong? Because I always think that whenever I think about writing something that isn't just me talking about myself, <laughs> essentially, which is what all I mean, my shows don't. are really. I th- exactly. I think, you know, oh, but what if what if I don't do it justice sort of thing? I love research. Mm. I love it. So in all of the shows I've written, I've done so much research because mm. I love it. But then equally, I think if you don't like the show for whatever reason, that's fine. But at least I can say, well, I can stand by the research. The foundation it's accurate. of it. It's yeah. fine. It's <laughs> It is accurate. You might not like it. We're using the actual cups they would have used, (laughs) for example. Yeah. And you wrote it all by yourself. Did you direct it yourself and everything? No, definitely not. You got people in to help and stuff. I've always, always worked with a director. Because otherwise it's just for me personally, it's too insular. And also, like, you need to figure out what you think translates and what comes across. Yes. Might not necessarily, like, align. Yes. It's funny with me now doing comedy because you kind of, you do have a gauge, which is the audience laughing to a degree. And with theatre, when I go back to theatre, I'm like, sorry, darlings, can we stop for one second? Are you enjoying this or not? Because I don't know. (laughs) I can't actually tell. And it's the problem when you're an actor and then you go into the, when you start to get the buzz of the laughter, which is very addictive. I went to see a play at the National and in the interval, the lights came up and this, there's this old couple in front of me. And um, she said to him, what do you think, darling? And he just went, too many themes and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> but many. you can't tell that. I mean, some, you can't shout that. You there. can't just be on stage as an actor and suddenly turn to the crowd and go, "Sorry, do you think there are too many themes?" Is this one theme too many? Is this? <laughs> should I've got a few more themes coming up? Have you had enough themes? Shall <laughs> stick with this one? How many themes do you go for when you write? A few. <laughs> so with the character, I love a theme of John Haynes, but it's not John Haynes. What was her name? Elise. Elise, Elise Dukey. And was she American? Yeah. You always play Americans, don't I just, you? Yeah. Why is that? Well, the latest thing I've done is, mm. it's the first play I've done where it's my voice. Oh, lovely. Is that Orlando? Yeah. And we'll I thought that was, really, that was really nerve-wracking. But was I think, it? Yeah, it is. Because you think you're boring. Do you find that? Not just yes, you, but you... I mean one. Yes, when you start to put on... Because when we play a, characters... One finds one feels boring. One finds one boring. Because the reason we do it... You know, I mean, I'm from Nottingham originally, you know. Rough as fuck. All this is a construct, darling. But we need it sometimes to give us the confidence yeah oh yeah to get out there and be and a lot of actors who are happy with themselves who just sort of 
do what they would do anyway. I sort of applaud that. Mm. You know, I get a lot of actors saying, oh, I couldn't go up and do stand-up, for example, you know, like I do now. But a lot of actors, I think, but how can you just be yourself? <gasps> Self. I don't know how you could. It feels like such a risk. Do you ever play yourself in things? As in, when I say play yourself, obviously you're playing a character, but essentially you're doing, you know, being Orlando, close to you. I think Orlando is the closest I've come. Right. And that's an adaptation, isn't it? It's inspired by. Inspired by, right. But a bit of a departure. Oh, yeah, it is. Definitely. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's Virginia it's, Woolf's. It is. Well, I mean, the play I did before then... She wants it back. <laughs> she, <laughs> the play I did before then, I was a fortune teller, and the play before that, I was a chimpanzee. Yes, it's super different. Yeah. <laughs> you like to shake it up a bit. So was the chimpanzee... What was that called again? Fuck. Goody. Goody. So I have seen Goody. I've seen Goody and then Showmanship. Yep, yeah, yeah. And then Orlando. She was based on the receptionist from Ghostbusters. Wow, Janine Melnitz. Oh, wow. So being the chimp, how do we do that? We went to Monkey World, the ape sanctuary in Dorset. Oh, yeah. I thousand percent recommend. But they have chimps there. They do. Not just monkeys. So it should be monk slash ape world. And and you saw a chimp and you thought, I want to play you. And I was like, I see myself in you. That's my next role. (laughs) Well, I thought, I wanted to write about it anyway, because... I thought it would be absolutely fascinating. That was it. I had a conversation with a woman who works at Monkey World. She's mm. one of the keepers. Yes. Like they've all been rescued from places. Oh. And they've, because we were super lucky. She showed us around and she described all of the different chimps and their different histories. And they've been pets or they've been like, they've all had horrible lives. Mm. And she said. In Britain? Are they from sort of people made, owning like, them in they're Britain? They're from Spain or all over the place. And they're right. like, they've come from everywhere. Yeah. Sort of thing. But this is the place where you send them when yes. they've been rescued. Right. Like, hopefully. There was a chimp who had been a film star. Like he was in loads of films. Right. Oh, as like wow. a little comedy character. And they put him in with the other chimps. And with his very, very minor sign language, he asked what the other chimpanzees were. He's like, are they bugs? Because she was like, wow. he doesn't understand that he's a chimpanzee. Oh, fuck. So She's, he thinks he's a person. So he's like wow. neither... Neither here nor there. Oh, God. And and was he born they, into the business? He was taken from... From the jungle. From the jungle as a little baby. And made to being... Like a human film star. <sighs> but then she also said he doesn't speak chimpanzee. She said none of these chimps speak chimpanzee. It's unbearable, isn't it? Isn't it? And, I and thought, it sort of makes you want to say stop making films with chimpanzees in. I think they've first. Said, I mean, I remember I got a review for that that said, well, what's the point? Because there are no animals in captivity or used in this way anymore. And I thought, no, mate, do your research. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. definitely. Right, are. yeah. It feels like it was years ago, but it's only like Trudy the Chipperfield chimp. Like that wasn't that long ago. What was Trudy the Chipperfield chimp? <laughs> it's harder to say. That would be a good Tip warm up, up wouldn't it? <laughs> Trudy the Chipperfield chimp. Truly the trip of field trip. No, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I really should stop acting. Sorry, Karen. No, but if you can't do that, I think that might be the final nail in the coffin. Oh, no. No, but what, what, Trudy, the trip of field chimp? Trudy. Trudy, the trip of field chimp. This is going to be a horrible story, isn't it? We've made fun of her name. It was a sound. Well, no, she was rescued, so it's okay. Oh, thank fuck. She was in a circus, the Chipperfield Circus. Right. And that, I keep thinking you mean the Chippendales, like the not men the who take their clothes off. Yeah, no. With a chimp on the side. <laughs> little something extra there. Yeah, just, you know. The, For those who fancy. Bit of fun, yep. <laughs> Who's that guy at the end? Ooh. She was, was it Mary Chipperfield? The owner of the circus mm. was caught on video beating the chimp. Fuck. Like really hard, being really unnecessarily cruel, just really cruel to her. She was only a little tiny thing. Oh, God. What, because she wasn't doing her job properly? Yeah, she's not even her fucking job. 
It's not She's a job. Slave. They are slaves. It's like Dobby yeah. in Harry Potter, Dobby. isn't it? It really is like that. They're literally slaves who yeah. are just being forced to do this thing. But you know what? I sort of think that about horse racing. Someone asked if I wanted to go and see some horse racing. <laughs> Because they had a box at Ascot. This is true. And we were watching it. And then as we were watching it, first race, put my money on this horse, spoke to my friend who loves horses, and they said, oh, yes, this one will be good, you know. And then not only did they not win, they died. They they, <gasps> they collapsed. Oh, no. You know, broke their leg. The tarpaulin put around them, and then they were shot right in front of me. And I immediately thought, this is awful. Did you feel... This is not that far from bullfighting in a way, is it? Wow. Well, I'm glad you're speaking up for chimps anyway. I know I am. And I mean, I super recommend the that place. That role was incredible. Will, will you ever do that again? Because I remember seeing you in Edinburgh yeah. and you felt it didn't quite get the recognition. That was a tough year, actually. And I think it did deserve the recognition. It split the crowd. Some people really loved it. And then mm. I remember I went back the following year with a different show and a reviewer mentioned that, what's the word when something wasn't quite given its dues? And I remember thinking... Oh, right, underappreciated or underrated. But then I thought, I remember their review of it. Right. And their review... <laughs> Wasn't great. So I was like, well, mate, come on. Um, well, actually, no, like, you feel that way, like, the opinion's opinion. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. I will be doing it again, definitely. So Because loose- I thought... Yeah, oh, lovely, you must. Well, they're sort of loosely connected as well, aren't they? They are. All, all the shows, including Orlando, or is that a... No. That's broken from that thing yeah, now. Yeah, that's off. The, the double act one is... And yeah. is the John Haynes connected then? No. No. I mean, no, not really. But you could do them as a triptych. And Orlando's gone very well. You're doing it off-Broadway? Yeah. Fuck. Isn't that wonderful? Fuck Isn't that yeah. wonderful, Lucy? Well done, darling. Oh, thank well you. Well done, you. Well done, all of us, aren't we, Grace? Oh, well done, no, 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 no. You've done very well. Um, I feel then, very lucky about that. Like, that was... Yes. It's not like... Was well, that just out of the blue they asked you, or did you... It was pitched by my very nice company. They, mm. It was recorded in Edinburgh by a pal of ours. And it was one of those things, like, all the pieces were in the right place at the right time. Like, we had a friend there with the camera. You could get it done. We had somebody who would seen it before who said like why don't you send it this place great it felt like very fortuitous yeah that's talking to actors with me and a man lucy roslin and briefly the voice of margaret caven smith you've been listening to talking to actors uh with anna man starring colin holt edited by dan snellgrove part of the Great Big Owl family. Please subscribe, review and share. You can find Colin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. And the same goes for um, Anna Man. Just look her up, you'll find it. I'm Sue Clinch. Uh, ta Great Big Owl. Hi, I'm Hannah Norris, and this is my husband, Carl Donnelly. And we have a new podcast for you. It's called The Keith Cheggers Podcast, and it's about pregnancy because that is what's happening in our lives right now. And inside your belly. Yeah, so we are recording weekly episodes throughout the course of my pregnancy, talking to each other and interesting and funny guests that we have on about their experiences with pregnancy so we can work out a bit more about what the hell is happening and what is coming up for us. So tune in, subscribe, and have a listen to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Bye. Bye. Great big